0: and just an amazing experience you guys all know what i'm well most of you know what i'm talking about such an amazing experience and it really you you experience um what god must feel like when you hold your child in your arms and they're looking in your eyes when we lock our eyes on jesus and and just look to him it's an amazing thing and so thank you so much for all your prayers her name is ellie jane kamale pomica betzel and uh and uh That last part's a Hawaiian name; it's a mouthful. My wife is 25% Hawaiian, and and so we gave her. I mean, the the Hawaiian name means a beloved, blessed child, and uh, all of her names mean something. And uh, I'm sure you guys all thought the same stuff when you named your children. But I just love my little girl; she's amazing. Can't stop kissing her every time I go home. I, yeah. Anyway, well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for your prayers. Would you stand up on your feet and open your Bibles? Op- open them to Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4. And we're going to start with verse 24. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 24. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version this morning. And it came to pass on the way at the encampment, the, the the desert RV park. It came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Now that's Moses. The Lord met with Moses and sought to kill Moses. Then Sephora, not Sephora for all you ladies who are thinking about makeup, It's Zipporah. And she took a a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely you are a husband of blood to me. So we let him go, meaning God let Moses go. Then she said once again, You are a husband of blood because of the circumcision. That's all we're going to read today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path. I thank you for this word, God. I pray that you would bring life. Lord, I I ask for your grace to rest upon this moment. I just ask, Lord, that hearts would be open to receive what you have today, ears open to hear. We just thank you, Lord, for what a privilege it is on this Father's Day, Lord, to, to dive into your word and to become more like you. We thank you. God, have your way in this place. We thank you for your sweet spirit and what you've already done here today. We just ask that you continue the work in us. We give you all the praise and all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, "Amen." Amen. You may be seated. There is nothing. Com- there is nothing compared to this life that we live in Jesus Christ. No, no, no drug, no alcohol, no, no, no sex, no, no fame, no fortune. Nothing could ever compare to what we experience in God. And it's such an amazing thing that that while we are in our mother's room, uh, mother's womb, God. God had plans for us. He set out a specific purpose for us, and he has plans for each and every one of us, and it's such an amazing thing. But for us to walk in the fullness of what God has for us, we have to be diligent to live in total obedience. Would you say that with me? Total obedience. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him, total obedience. obedience. We must live in total obedience, and, and this is this is a, a very interesting passage that we're diving into today and, of, and very obscure for, for, for a majority of it. Um, and uh, I prayed long and hard about this, but the Lord said this is it. So today, here we are. And I just want to give a little bit of background. Most of you know uh, the story of Moses, but Moses was born to, to uh, a mother and father of the tribe of Levi, and at three months old... Uh, his mom decided that he had to he had to be let go, and she constructed this basket type thing and sent him down the river. And as you know, uh, Pharaoh's daughter found him and uh, heard him crying, and she said, "Surely this is a Hebrew child," and uh, and really really loved loved Moses at first sight, and said, "We're going to keep him." And and what's amazing is that she uh, she said, I, "I need someone to take care of him," and so. She sent one of her servants and found Moses' mom. So not only did, uh, did uh, Moses' life get spared, but got reunited with, with his mom. And over time, when I believe he was done breastfeeding, it was time for Moses to go back to Pharaoh's daughter. And he spent uh, his, his years there in, in, in royalty, basically. And it says in, in the scripture that one day he came out and he saw one of the taskmasters beating on one of his brothers, his Hebrew, Hebrew brothers, and uh, he didn't like that so much. So he looked to the left and looked to the right, saw that there was no one, and he went and killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. That's what, this, that's what the text says. And um, after that, word got to Pharaoh that he had killed an Egyptian and Pharaoh sought to take his life. And so he fled, and he found himself in, in Midian where he met his wife. Uh, and married and had, had children. And not too long after that, well, really, I don't know exactly how long, but, but sometime after that, then comes the experience with the burning bush. You all with me? Come on, you guys all tracking with me? Come on, nod at me, smile at me, do something. Hallelujah. And, uh, and Moses meets God at the burning bush, and there he gets the great assignment. Of course, Moses is very reluctant. If you know him, he was just wanting somebody else to do it. He, he was wanting his brother, anybody else but him, but he he finally accepted uh, the call of God upon his life. And uh, and so here we pick up the text, Moses loads up his family on the donkey, and they are headed to Egypt to deliver God's people, and, uh, and Moses had obeyed the call. It was really an amazing thing. And so in the text we see here, this very interesting text, very... Um, Very interesting and obscure. But God meets with Moses and starts to kill him. Now, we don't know exactly what is taking place. We don't know if it's a seizure or a terminal illness. But we know that God starts to kill him. And uh, what's interesting to me is that God would, would call Moses at the burning bush. God would set the plan in motion with Moses at the burning bush... And Moses receives a call. He says, go, Moses. And he says, okay, I'll go. And as he goes, he loads up his family and begins to go. He goes to the great RV park. And there, God, the Bible says God sought to kill him. There, he sought to kill Moses. And that is a very interesting... God called him, and now he's trying to kill him. And, and for much of it, we, we, we don't really understand. And I had to ask myself... Why is it that this is happening? And I really believe it's because Moses and his wife were in disobedience in regards to the lack of circumcision of their their boys. And uh, circumcision for a Hebrew person, you know, maybe for us it's it's maybe uh, something that's not... um, always looked at as something that needs to be done, and, and it's, that's fine. If, if it needs to be done, that's great. If not, that's that's great. But circumcision was not an obscure command for a Hebrew. If you know anything about them, it was something that every single one of them knew, this is what is done. It was no question. There, it, it was exactly, it was prescribed, this is the prescribed way to do it. You circumcise your boy and that, that's just how it done. And, and for a Hebrew, to dishonor the covenant of circumcision, it was basically a, a criminal thing. It, you, just, you just did not do that. And so, and, and in fact, we find the command of circumcision. If you turn to Genesis 17 and verse 10, we find the command of circumcision that was given to Abraham. And then you see in verse 10 of chapter 17, This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall, they shall be circumcised and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin and it shall be a sign. Everybody say, it'll be a sign. It will be a sign of the covenant between me and you, says the Lord. Now notice, circumcision, this is a mark. This is a mark of the covenant relationship with God and his people. It is a mark of the covenant. It is an open open signal, open mark saying I am a child of the most high God. This is a way that they said I am signifying that I am the Lord's. And this was it was not obscure. Remember this. This is not something that, that was, was just kind of lost in translation. They knew exactly what they were supposed to do. And it was so in Abraham's day and as well in the, in the text here that we read today with Moses. It was a symbolic action by which these people were identified as God's people. And Moses, obeyed to, uh, Moses failed to obey the Lord in what he knew was right to do. The Bible says in James, "For those who know to do good and do not do it, to him it is sin." And for us, um, that's a good scripture to remember. That's a very good scripture to remember. I I'm reminded of a time where um, it was tax season, and uh, and you know sometimes you, you, some of you guys are all looking at me weird. You know you you had you were thinking the same thing at one point, but. You know no one 's looking and and it 's possible that the government may not catch you, but that doesn 't matter. God always sees, and for those who know to do good and do not do it to him, it is sin and we're we're living our lives not unto people well of course we're we 're being light in the darkness, but we 're not just living our lives unto people. Okay, we're living unto God. The Bible says, given to Caesar what is Caesar's, given to God what is God's. And for us to not give unto Caesar what is due to Caesar, we're doing something that is wrong. And for those who know to do good and do not do it, to him it is To him it is sin. And so Moses being in disobedience is in sin. And even though no one else is looking, it's still sin. Did you know that you can, you can be in sin not only by something you did, but by something that you didn't do? You might say, well, I didn't do anything. Well, by not, do any, by not doing anything, you're doing something. Yeah, that's right. Did you get that? Yeah. By not doing anything, you're doing something. And so God takes notice. We look here in the text, God takes notice and is displeased by the sin of Moses and his wife, the truth is: is if we neglect the duty or the call of God or the the command of God, we should expect to hear. We should expect to hear it in our conscience. We should we should hear it. A a a, a, a peace should lift truthfully. If if we do not obey God's command, see see, I am I am one that that knows. You know, of course, there's times where the Lord has to remind me, but I, I have painfully realized there are moments where where I have lost my peace and just continued, and that is not a way I want to operate in any longer. There was one moment in my life where, which is, I would say, back in the day, but some guy said, "What is back?" Some older guy told me the other day, he said, "What's back in the day for you?" Like three years ago, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, yeah, I guess so." <laughs> So yeah, back in the day You know, there was, a, there was a moment Where someone had invited me to do something And, and I'll just tell you It was, it was to go snowboarding And, and really to tow board If you, if you guys towboarded boarded before You get pulled behind a snow machine on your snowboard And take some jumps, it's awesome It's awesome But on that day when I received the invitation I lost all my peace You guys know what I'm talking about? You just lose all your peace Well, I didn't obey And uh, I, I continued on and uh, went and had a great time and was taking jumps. Well, that day I dislocated my shoulder for the first time and uh, it was quite a painful experience and, uh, and have so about seven or eight times after that. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that, that God dislocated my shoulder, but what I am saying is that God, he warns us. He warns us of coming danger. He warns us of things that we need to correct, things that we need to change because he has plans for us. Great plans, in fact. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in a future. And, and if we lose our peace and we disobey what God is trying to speak to us, we, we then walk into a place where our conscience should bother us. It should bother us. One man said, he said, he said, for those who love God, obedience should not be a hard thing. And uh, so we look at this moment where we're, God seems to be displeased just by the sure, sure circumstance that Moses finds himself in. And I would just say this, God does, he does not have much tolerance for sin. In fact, he does not have tolerance at all for sin. He doesn't have much to do with sin at all. In 1 John 1.5 it says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. See, God loves us, but he does not tolerate sin. Did you hear me today? God loves us. He cares for us, but he does not tolerate sin. God wants his bride to be pure and spotless. For the day that he comes, he wants us to remain pure. He wants us to be mindful, to be in total obedience. Not not partial, not 90%, but total obedience. Uh, Attentive to the Lord speaking. Attentive to the peace that God has placed inside of us. And so Moses and Zipporah were in disobedience. They were in sin. And because of their choice, Moses was dying. Now in the text, we see that his wife, she quickly, she quickly realizes what is going on. She goes and circumcises their son. And we don't know, we don't know exactly what, what was taking place you know, in, in, in the fullness. But I'll tell you right now, she did. She knew exactly what was going on. She knew that there was a problem, and she went and dealt with it. It appears that that she knew exactly the cause, and she knew the solution. When Moses was dying, she she did a quick evaluation of her life. She did a a, a quick check of what was taking place, and, and you notice something. She doesn't delay. She gets right to it. She goes and grabs a stone a sharp stone and takes care of the issue and goes and throws the foreskin at the, at the feet of Moses. It's quite a graphic thing. I will say this to you today, though. If you realize that something is out of line in your life, be sure to take care of it right away. Do not delay. Take care of it right away. Don't let, Don't let... Don't let any time pass by. If you realize that there is compromise in your life, if you realize there's a gray area in your life, take care of it. When the Lord reveals it, it's like that gold that is going through the fire and the stuff is coming to the top. Don't let that, that yuck stay on the top. Scrape it right off. Take care of it. Let the Lord refine you. Do, do it right away. She didn't waste any time. She knew exactly what was going on. She knew the solution and she took care of it. I think that... that I honestly think that Moses and his wife had a dispute. I think that when Moses got married to her and they had their baby boy, it was time to circumcise the young man, the young boy. And he said, all right, now we have to get circumcised. She's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to mutilate my baby. But Moses knew it was right to do. And you know, Mo- Moses was a very humble man and he was meek. And I think that over time he... He just kind of got wore down by the by the, the cry of her, of of Zipporah, and 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 really just let it go. At some point, he just let it go, and I really believe, I so strongly, from a, on a day daily basis, that we as 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 married people, if you're married, you have to be in agreement with your spouse. You have to be in agreement with your spouse. Yes, we all understand for those of us who are married, there are times where we have to lay down our desires to be in peace with our spouse, but not at the sake of righteousness. Did you hear me? Not at the sake of righteousness. I, I'm talking about it, it's okay to lay you down your desires when the, when the desire is good and there may be something better, not when there is wrong and when there is right. You don't, you don't, you don't just agree with something. Now I know it's very much more complicated if if your 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 spouse does not serve the Lord. It, it's very complicated, and it's very hard to deal with that. But I pray the Lord will give you grace. The Lord would give you the strategy to be able to do that. But if you're if you're both loving the Lord, you're both serving God. You should be able to agree on on what the Lord is speaking to you. And I I honestly believe that they're not they weren't. They were having a hard time coming to a, to a firm agreement on this, and it was something she was not willing to do. And it, it's quite a quite an interesting thing. You know, I heard one man say he said, "It's best to agree even if it's not the best decision." And I would say, that's that's good as long as you are agreeing between good and best, but not between bad and good. It's okay to." It's okay to be in agreement, just like I said, but not when it's at the sake of righteousness. And, and we have to be in agreement with our spouses. Can, we, can I get somebody to say amen up in here? Husbands, you are the captain of, your, of the ship. You're the head of your household. You are the priest of the home. And your wife, many times, is the radar. Beep, 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 beep. But as men... I'm sure you all understand this, men, but as men, we have to be able to distinguish is the radar going off because there's a missile headed, or is it because there's a whale swimming in the water? (laughs) Honey, I don't want the kids to go to public school because there's germs. That might be a whale. I, honey, I don't want my, I don't, I don't want our kids to go to, to public school because there's, there's unrighteousness, there's wickedness, and I really felt like the Lord impressed us that we should do homeschool. Now, that might be a missile. That might be something worth listening to. You have to pray, and nothing, nothing against public school. I went to public school. I was also homeschooled all the way till I was freshman year, and then went to public school, and had good experience at both, and was able to live righteous in both. Can I get an Amen. Amen. So God has given us all different giftings, and 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 I'm sure you know, uh, I'm sure you've you've understood your your shortcomings and 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 your your victories or your strengths, and and probably the weaknesses that you have, and the and the strengths that your spouse has. And and it's an amazing thing uh, to have someone that completes you. My wife is an amazing. She is so tenderhearted, and and she totally ba- balances me. It's amazing. Not that I'm not tenderhearted. Okay. <laughs> I am tenderhearted, but my wife, she, she just, when she loves, she loves deep. You know what I'm talking about? She just loves so deep. Not that I don't love deep, okay? Don't be thinking about, I love you, I promise. I love you, I love you, I love you. And so here, Zipporah, she circumcises the boy and I would just say, Zipporah, even though she did it, she wasn't happy about it. She still wasn't, you ever done something and just did it because you had to do it and you're just like, okay, it's done. Yeah, basically, that's the attitude we see here with, with Moses' wife. And you see it in verse 25 and 26. She says, Surely you are a husband of blood to me. So he let him go. God let Moses go. Then, then she said, You are a husband of blood. She says it again. It's like, did, did, did you not get it the first time? You know? Hello. And it's because of the circumcision. Basically, Moses, I did it anyway. I didn't want to do it, but there we did it. And we notice that death was stopped by doing what was right. So here we have Moses who is leading, is, is about to go and deliver, be a part of delivering God's people to lead God's covenant people out of Egypt. But he has not even yet fulfilled the covenant, the covenant mark on his own sons. And so God has, has really got their attention here and says, you know, Moses, you're in disobedience. Because of Moses' disobedience, God was impressing on him that he meant business. And I and I just want to just want to clear clear the air. Not every bad thing that takes place is God. Is not God trying to get your attention? There is a devil out there that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But on the same token. So, I, I believe that if things are, if the storm is arising, we should first look to ourselves and ma- examine our hearts. Make sure that our life is right. Make sure that every single thing is, is taken care of. Because if there is something that's taking place and there's something wrong within us, God's trying to help us. He's trying to send us a signal. The Lord chastens those he loves. Can I get an amen? amen. We want to live in total obedience. And so not every, not every bad thing taking place is God getting your attention, but God is a jealous God, and He is looking for every bit of you. He's looking for 100%. He wants it all. He wants it all. God is speaking to us today, and the first thing He's speaking to us about today is that He wants us to walk in covenant with Him. He wants wants us to walk in covenant with Him, and before you all set up uh, doctor's appointments for your boys and stuff, just, just know that it's no longer circumcision on the outward, but it is a circumcision of the heart. It is something that takes, it takes place on the inside. Much, much like, uh, of course, the outward signal is, is, is the baptism that we do. It's, it's an outward sign of what God has done on the inside. But the circumcision, the commitment, the, the mark is made on the inside of us now. Through Jesus Christ, we, have now, we are now marked in the inside. I love that song that we sang a couple weeks ago. It says, I won't go back. I can't go back to the way it used to be Uh, what what would we go back to there is nothing that compares to God he is looking for all of us and when you are truly marked for God you're not going back you're not going back so God is looking for a people that would come into covenant with him with everything your possessions your family everything he's looking for it all he wants total obedience. Would you say that with me? Total obedience. So the first thing is that he's, he wants us to walk in covenant with him. The next thing is not to compromise on what is right, no matter what the cost. Always do what is right. I'm reminded of, of this every time I go fishing just about. Because, you know, you're on the, you're on the bank, man, and the, and the fish are just boiling. You know what I'm talking about? You just, like, caught your limit in 30 minutes, and you're like, okay, there's no fishing game around, right? Come on, let's just fillet the fish, throw them in the cooler, and get three more, you know? But no, you do what's right, even if, even if no one's around. That's right. You're doing it unto an audience of one. That's right. That's right. That's right. No matter who is around, no matter who is watching, remember, God's always watching. Amen. He is always watching. And I love this because... This passage, I, I just always remember, it, it, it is so encouraging to me. It's in Psalms thirty-seven sixteen. It says, a little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. It's better to have little with righteousness than vast revenues with wickedness. Remember that. When you're ever in a place to compromise, always do what is right. No matter who is around, always do what is right. The Lord will take care of you. The Lord will take, can I get an amen? The Lord will take care of you. He will make sure that things work out for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He has your best interests at heart. He has always do what is right. Always do what is right. Don't compromise on what is right. The third thing is to take care of your spouse. For those of you who are married, we must be in agreement. We must be in agreement. One thing that me and my wife always make sure of is that we never go to sleep why we're in disagreement. We never go to sleep without peace. And, and consciously, consciously, it's something that you have to work on, even if you have to stay up till three in the morning. It's kind of a difficult thing, but we never go to sleep when we're angry at each other or we don't have peace. The Bible says, never let the sun go down with your wrath. So we have to be in agreement, obey the Lord together, help each other in our weaknesses in Ephesians 5.25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. As well, it says in verse 22, Wives, submit yourself unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. We have to, we have to minister to our spouses. We have to be in agreement. We have to know where our weaknesses are and know where our strengths are and complement each other. But never compromise in what the Lord has called us as a family to do never compromise. When the Lord has called you to do something, do it, even if it's difficult. Even in our raising of our children, I've only been a dad for nine days now. It's a glorious thing, and it is a task, I will just say. You know, I, uh, she, she gets me back. I mean, I, I kiss her so much, she gets irritated, like seriously, so irritated, and then she waits for the diaper change, and she gets me back. That's all i go into that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> in Proverbs 22, it says, train up a child in the way it should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. It is our responsibility to make sure that our child knows the word of God. To make sure that they're in the house of God. Make sure that they know the statutes of the Lord. They know how to hear the voice of the Lord. And know when there's peace on something and when there's not. It's our responsibility to teach them that. Sometimes we, we do good. Sometimes we fall short. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. And the last thing, White, if you'd come, the last thing is continue to examine your life. We must always be in a, in a place where we let the Lord convict us if we need to be. We let the Lord convict us of areas in our life that need changing. I don't think any person in, in this room is perfect. And I think we all need the Lord's help. We all need the Lord to reveal to us things that, that we fall short in and things that, um, you know, sometimes we do things that are great and sometimes we do things that are just really disappointing to ourselves. And, and I, I think sometimes it's because we don't open ourselves up to let the Lord convict us. We don't let the Lord show us and really shine a light on the areas of our life. We, we let Him into some of the doors in our house, but we don't let Him into all of them. We kind of leave the dirty closet. We stuff things underneath the bed, so to speak. But the Lord wants to tear the whole house apart and look at everything. He wants to search it all, and so we must let the Lord search our heart, our heart. And you know what? I've I've seen many times over the years, over the years. I'm only 26, but I've been in ministry for nine years. And over over the over the years, um, I've seen people that, you know, when the Lord starts to put his finger on something, I see them squirm. I see them try and run away any any time the Lord puts a magnifying glass on an area of their life, they don't like it, you know. and, And the truth is, I don't think any of us like it. But it's so much better to have the Lord reveal something and remove it because it's all it is is a hindrance. All it is is something that that if we get we get rid of that, the Lord would just bring bring greater growth and greater fruit. That's really what we're looking for. We're looking to advance the kingdom of God. We're not here to play patty cake. not here for religious obligation we're not we're not here otherwise God would have taken us home the moment we received him we're here we here we're here because we have a task and God wants to help us do that more effectively we have to continue let the Lord search our heart let the Lord do his work and in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 6 it says and I quoted it partially earlier it says for whom the Lord loves he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives if the Lord is revealing something and it's kind of uncomfortable just let him finish the work you'll be so much better off if if he does. Because what the Lord is really looking for, he's looking to get us in a place where we're in total obedience. He's looking for us to be in a place where there's no hindrances. And the Lord wants to finish his work. And if you let him continue to do that in in, in you, you will walk in total obedience. You will walk in victory. You will walk in a place where it's like coming out in the stadium with thousands of people screaming, you're like, ah. it's going to be an amazing thing. And when I'm on the day of judgment, when you stand before the Lord, after walking a life, a fulfilled life of total obedience before the Lord, and you stand before God, and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's that's the heart I want to have. The heart of not just keeping something, you know, to myself. Not just, oh, Lord, you can have almost all of it. No, Lord, you can have everything. Every dollar in my bank account is yours. Every possession I have is yours. My wife is yours. My child is yours. Everything I have, my destiny, my giftings, my talents, they're all yours. They're all yours. Everything I have, the Lord gives and takes away, and I'm so thankful that he gives. (laughs) I'm so thankful. The Lord has a great plan for you. He has a great destiny for you. But it is an amazing thing when a people of God who are are marked by him who know God no matter what I go through I'm going to do what is right I'm going to let you search my life because I want to walk in total obedience that is the people that God can use God wants to use you he's not looking for someone who is who is halfway in you know jumping back and forth on every side of the fence or hanging out right in the the middle because we know what happens to the lukewarm He's not looking for that. He's looking for someone who says, God, my 100% is yours. Total obedience, you have it. And when you do that, you walk into the greatest, fullest blessing that you could ever imagine. It's such an amazing thing. And I know you guys know what I'm talking about. It is an amazing thing to walk before the Lord, to be in peace with him, to live in joy and, 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 and experience all the blessing of God. Amen? Amen. Let's be a people that walk in total obedience, not leaving anything out, but completely walking in total obedience. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet today? Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. You know, just so convicted because there's times where I just keep those little things for me. You guys know what I'm talking about. I, sometimes I know what's right, sometimes I don't, but there's times I know what's right. It's just stubborn. But you know, maybe the Lord is revealing things inside of you that need to change. Maybe the Lord is revealing things inside of you you need to do different. But I just wanna I just wanna pray over us today. And just ask the Lord to, to reveal things. Would you just place your hand on your heart and just ask the Lord just to reveal, let God search you today. Let the Lord reveal anything if there's anything in there, we sure want him to reveal it. Maybe there's nothing in there and you're all great, but just let the Lord just search your heart right now. Father, I thank you. I thank you for every man and woman of God that is here today. I thank you, Lord, for all that are here. And I just ask, Lord, that you would search our hearts. God, if there be anything within us that is, that is not right, I pray that you would, you would remove it, God. Show us how to remove it. Show us how to take care of it. Lord, we want to walk in total obedience. We want to walk in a place in the fullness of your blessing and in covenant with you. Lord, if there be anything, remove it, God. We give you full permission. Do what you want to do. Our life is yours. We take up our cross and we follow you. Everything we have is yours, Lord. Everything we have, Lord. And I pray that you would continue to strengthen. Give us faith. Give us faith, Lord. Give us faith. Lord, that we would pursue you with everything that we have. Lord, that we would not hold back anything, but everything would be yours. Give us faith and strength to do so. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe in this place or online, if if you're in this place and you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you have received Jesus and you walked away and you really don't have a close relationship with him today, but you want to know him as your Lord and Savior afresh, Would you just repeat this prayer after me? Get right with the Lord today. Recommit to him or recommit to him for the first time today. Repeat after me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me for everything that I've done. I don't want to hold back. I want to give you everything. Here it is, Lord. It's all yours. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so my sins could be forgiven. Thank you that you rose again so I could have eternal life. And thank you for loving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you put your hands together for the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Karen. Did
1: y'all get something from the Lord this morning? That was a great word. Good word, Pastor Alex. Amen. Let's just stretch across the aisles as we close right now in a time of prayer. Thanks so much for coming today and look forward to seeing you tonight and the rest of the week. Lord, I just thank you so much for your people. Lord, I ask that you would bless them, that you would cause your face to shine upon them. Lord, lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them, keep them, and give them peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Happy Father's Day. Have a good lunch or barbecue or whatever you choose to do. And we'll see you this rest of this week. God bless you.